If we are lucky, we begin comfortably enough on this earth, in a state of close physical and emotional union with a devoted caregiver. We lie naked on her skin. We can hear her heartbeat. We can see the delight in her eyes as she watches us do nothing more accomplished than blow a saliva bubble. In other words, than merely exist. We can bang our spoon against the table and inspire uproarious laughter. Our fingers are tickled and the fine hairs on our head are stroked, smelt and kissed. We don't even have to speak. Our needs are carefully interpreted. The breast is there whenever we want it. Then gradually comes the fall. The nipple is taken away and we are blithely induced to move on to rice and morsels of dry chicken. Our body either ceases to please or can no longer be so casually displayed. We grow ashamed of our particularities. Ever-expanding areas of our outer selves are forbidden to be touched by others. It begins with the genitals, then spreads to encompass the stomach, the back of the neck, the ears and the armpits, until all we are allowed to do is occasionally give someone a hug, shake hands or bestow or receive a peck on the cheek. The signs of others' satisfaction in our existence declines, and their enthusiasm begins to be linked to our performance. It is what we do, rather than what we are, that is now of interest to them. Our teachers, once so encouraging about our smudgy drawings of ladybirds and our scrawls depicting the flags of the world, seem to take pleasure only in our exam results. Well-meaning individuals brutally suggest that perhaps it's time for us to start earning some money of our own, and society is kind or unkind to us, chiefly according to how successful we turn out to be at doing just that. We begin to have to monitor what we say and how we look. There are aspects of our appearance that revolt and terrify us, and that we feel we have to hide from others by spending money on clothes and haircuts. We grow into clumsy, heavy-footed, shameful, anxious creatures. We become adults, definitively expelled from paradise. But, deep inside, we never quite forget the needs with which we were born, to be accepted as we are, without regard to our deeds, to be loved through the medium of our body, to be enclosed in another's arms, to occasion delight with the smell of our skin. All of these needs inspiring our relentless and passionately idealistic quest for someone to kiss and sleep with. 3. Let us imagine some incremental steps in the story of a couple seducing each other for the first time, and, in so doing, analyse their pleasures in relation to this thesis about loneliness. Let us begin by picturing the couple in a cafe at eleven o'clock on a Saturday night in a large city, eating ice cream after seeing a film together. There is, doubtless, a biological explanation for the sexual excitement this couple are feeling, connected to an unconscious narrative about reproduction and genetics. But the man and the woman are also turned on by the overcoming of the many barriers to intimacy that exist in normal life and it is this dimension we can focus on to explain the greater part of the eroticism they will experience on their way to the bedroom. The Kiss Acceptance 
Spoon in hand, the woman is describing a holiday she recently took to Spain with her sister. In Barcelona, she says, they visited a pavilion designed by Mies van der Rocha and ate in a restaurant that specialised in seafood with a Moroccan influence. The man can feel her leg beside his, and, more specifically, the elasticity of her black tights as they taper to the hem of her grey and yellow skirt. When she is in the midst of relating an anecdote about Gaudi, he moves his face towards hers, ready to pull back if she gives any indication of fear or disgust. But his advance is met to his enchantment by only a tender and welcoming smile. The woman shuts her eyes, and both parties register the unique, unexpected combination of moisture and skin across their lips. The pleasure of